So today we're going to start um, episode five of our twelve-part main series or main twelve-part reading through of No Solar, Astral City, the account of um, Dr. Andre Luiz uh, in his after-death experiences transmitted through Chico Xavier, Francisco Xavier, uh, particularly um, as Dr. Luiz settles into the Astral City, gets guidance from Lysias and Clarence, and moves towards um, an occupation or a, a merit-generating work. Uh, we'll see in the next few chapters that Brent will present today. Uh, as well as uh, Dr. Luiz's relation to his mother, who actually is native or um, able to be ex to 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 re reside at a higher level of the astral plane, it seems. Uh, and so we're seeing uh, the settling in to this level of third density time space from Dr. Luiz. The uh, work that's done at that level, which is, you know, post-healing uh, and life review to some degree. Post-healing, right? Healing, life review, preparation as three phases of after-death spoken by Ra. I think that's extremely critical or a very excellent summary of the work that happens after death. First healing, then life review, which are linked, and then preparation for the next incarnation, which in this case can be seen as um, fulfilled to some degree by Dr. Louise um, settling into occupation and work on the astral plane, in the astral city. That's um, deeper healing and you know, healing of mind patterns and preparation for the next incarnation um, uh, in the long, you know, from the long view. <clears throat> Meanwhile, we're seeing his relation to his mother, which shows um, the next steps ahead for his mother and him in the future, you know, of reincarnation, but also uh, evolutionary um, progression uh, beyond this level of the astral plane, which is to higher densities, obviously harvestability and uh, through the veil or, you know, out of, four, out of third to fourth. So, uh, Brent, you want to start? Sure. Okay. Um, once again, I've supplied the link to those following along on the internet, the PDF file link. Uh, we're starting at uh, page 65, chapter 14. We're going to go 14 through 19, uh, chapters 14 through 19. And the plan is to read through two chapters at a time, and then uh, just to cover the important parts of the material. And then, of course, after that, have... Uh, uh, Scott's commentary, as we've been doing for the previous classes. Now, uh, just to sum up very quickly, uh, we in chapter 13, the end of last class, we left Andre uh, within an audience with Clarence, uh, with uh, in association with an elderly woman who was seeking to go back to Earth and help out her sons, and um, she was given. Um, uh, some very serious advice and uh, and um, direction on what to do, and uh, 
So now Andre's a little bit nervous. He's feeling that uh, he shouldn't, he isn't quite sure um, how he feels about standing in front of Clarence and asking what he's going to ask. And so Andre says, as I stood there, my heart pounding, I felt like a diffident student about to face a strict examining board. The Minister of Assistance, sensing my innermost intentions, addressed me in a firm tone, a voice. I'm ready to hear you, my friend. Andre says, I took the liberty to come to you today to ask your assistance in procuring some sort of work for me. I'm beginning to miss my old occupations. Any task will be welcomed as long as it keeps me from inactivity. Clarence looked at me long and intently as if trying to gauge my innermost thoughts. I see, Clarence said. With your lips, you ask for any kind of work, but deep in your heart, what you really miss is your consulting room, your patients, and all the atmosphere of medical service. You must not forget, however, that very often our Father honors us with his confidence and that we often betray his trust by underestimating the dignity of the call to our service on earth. Thus, you were spared You were spared the poor doctor's hard struggle to build a practice on earth. You, you proposed, you prospered most rapidly in your career. Unfortunately, you transformed uh, the advantages you obtained into a means of bringing about the premature death of your physical body. While young and strong, you, you committed numerous abuses in the exercise of the profession which Jesus granted you. Andre says, I felt strangely disturbed, but managed to reply respectfully, I recognize the justice of your observations, but I should be grateful if you would grant me the means of repaying my debts by devoting myself, heart and soul, to the patients in this hospital. A very noble impulse, said Clarence, without severity. Nevertheless, it must be remembered that the exercise of a profession on earth is a call from our Father summoning his creatures to come into the divine temples of service. For us here, a degree is a mere identification card, but on earth it usually means an open door to all sorts of abuse. You, my brother, were granted a medical card and consequently were admitted into the temple of medicine. However, your line of conduct is not justified by endorsing your present wish. How could I appoint you to treat spirit patients when on earth you insisted on limiting your professional observations to the physical body? I do not deny you, but the field of life is much wider. A doctor cannot draw the line at diagnosis and terminologies. He must go deeper and scrutinize the innermost recesses of the soul. On earth, many of your colleagues become true slaves to academic conventionalism because of their professional life. Very few succeed in crossing prejudices. The rare exceptions are scoffed at by society and looked down upon by their colleagues. I was lost in amazement, Andre says. I had never dreamed of such lofty notions of professional responsibility. Andre says, generous benefactor, I venture to say, I understand the lessons and submit myself to the obvious. I'm willing to accept any kind of occupation in this colony of work and peace. Clarence, showing me a deep look of approval, answered, My friend, you have listened to a few bitter truths. Now let me add a little word of encouragement. You cannot as yet become a doctor in the Astral City, but in due time you will be admitted as an apprentice. Your present situation is not the best. Nevertheless, it is a promising one owing to the intercessional petitions 
sent to the Ministry of Assistance on your behalf. My mother, I inquired, yes, assented the minister, your mother, and other friends uh, in whose heart you planted the seed of gratitude. Soon after your arrival here, I requested that the Ministry of Elucidation have your records sent to me. In your 15 years of medical practice, 6,000 poor patients received free medical attendance in your clinic. Of 6,000, 15 have not forgotten you and have been sending incessant appeals on your behalf. I must explain also that even the forgotten benefit of your work weighs in your favor. You will learn new lessons here and after instructive experiences, you will cooperate efficiently with us, preparing at the same time for your own progress towards the infinite. I was overjoyed. For the first time since my arrival at the colony, I cried out of pure happiness. Okay, so he's very excited and um, moving on to chapter 15 uh, entitled My Mother's Visit. That's on page 69. Following Clarence's advice, I tried hard to restore my strength in order to start my apprenticeship as soon as possible. As a prisoner of the flesh, the soul is almost always wrapped in thick mists of illusion. Only now did I realize that an earthly life cannot be lived thoughtlessly. The real importance of an incarnation loomed clearly before my eyes. Remembering all the opportunities I had wasted, I recognized that Clarence had plenty of reason to have spoken to me as he had. I spent many days immersed in contemplation. Deep in my heart, I longed to visit my earthly home. Lysias did his best to cheer me up with his lively conversation, encouraging remarks, but I was going through that phase of spiritual retreat when a man retires within himself to face his innermost conscience. One day, however, my attendant came into my room and exclaimed, Guess who has come to see you? My mother, I exclaimed confidently, stunned with joy, I saw my mother approaching with outstretched arms. My child, my child, come into my arms, my dear one, she said. I cannot describe what happened then. All of a sudden, I felt like a little boy who used to play. In that, scarce, in that scared and joyful moment, I held her tenderly in my arms until even our tears blended. I cannot say how long we remained that way, but at last she broke the enchantment. Now, now, my boy, don't give free rein to your emotions. You know that even excessive happiness taxes the heart. You are still weak. Do not waste your energy. I felt at that moment that I was a happy... Oops. Mother's presence was a great comfort to my heart, and those moments seemed like a blissful dream. The Lord, the Lord never forgets us, my child. <clears throat> we shall never be able to thank him for all of his kindness. How long our separation has been, but you mustn't think that I had forgotten you. Sometimes providence parts us temporarily so that we may learn divine love. Feeling their affection was the same as ever, I began to recall again the sting of old grievances. Clarence had often exhorted me to refrain from lamenting, yet now, resting in my mother's arms, all my old wounds seemed to bleed again. I started to bitterly recall my past sufferings, and my tears of joy gave way to those of self-pity. Relapsing into my old habit of making my mother the patient victim of my endless grievances, I now began to painfully recount all of my past tribulations. Very rare are those who realize the value of their mother's devotion before being deprived of it. Holding me tight to her heart, her eyes full of tears, she spoke tenderly, Oh, my son, don't complain. Didn't our generous Clarence 
give you sound advice on that subject. Let's never forget we are now in a different school learning to become true children of God. As a mother on earth, I didn't always succeed in guiding you in the best way. I should like to believe your complaints justified to set you up as the most virtuous creature in the universe, but it would be out of accordance with the new lessons we are learning. In the world, one might make allowances for such behavior. Here, it is quite impossible. Tears and wounds are only a blessed means of helping us to purify our soul. Why not enjoy these fleeting moments in the sunshine of love instead of wasting them in the shadow of unhappiness? Change your mental attitude, I beg you. I can't return to a I can't return to experiences which have passed. We must love each other now with the great and sacred divine love. Those inspiring words awakened me, and I had the impression that my mother's love radiated invigorating fluids which lifted my heart. <clears throat> Scott, any comments? Yeah, very deep stuff. How much time do I have again? Five or ten? Um, you've, yeah, you've got... Uh, <laughs> Sure. You've got more than that. You've got uh, 12 minutes, 13 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, thank you. And um, um, I like the way you ran through the two chapters, hitting the highlights and reviewing last week uh, and giving an overview of what we're doing, what we're doing today. So that's <laughs> mid, you know, real-time uh, feedback, and I think that that's really great. That helps a lot. Um, also, yeah, many, many interesting points here. Um, let me start with um, you know 14 and 15 uh, the first point I would make is that um, the, the reason that I said um, that, that this sh this book and movie and account should not be seen as um, introductory or um, a review for us is that what I see and I think we're seeing in every single dialogue or every single interaction here is very high standards, <laughs> very high moral standards, moral standards for how to conduct ourselves and live a life. And there are far higher standards that nearly anyone here recognizes, here meaning in 3D space-time. In Buddhism, <clears throat> the original uh, perspective from Gautama to the monks still held um, closely in the forest tradition of Thailand, Burma, Sri Lanka, is that the monk should be excellent in all ways. That, that we should strive for excellence in all ways. And um, that's what I see here, is the striving for excellence in all ways. Excellence of understanding, excellence in speech, excellence in selflessness, um, excellence in service, um, which is, you know, very high standard. And it's understandable that we all fail repeatedly or don't meet those high standards repeatedly. But those high standards um, <clears throat> um, um, are, are increasingly understood as we go, um, but we still have much to understand and live up to. Therefore, this is not introductory or this is not a review in any way, um, because what we see is an example of high standards in every single interaction. And so from Andre um, getting some guidance from Clarence in terms of his duty, right? Uh, on 66, we see um, a deep f statement that uh, from Clarence, we often betray the Father's trust. Let's, you know, we don't have to put this in a Christian terms, 
but we often underestimate the dignity of the call. <clears throat> we often underestimate the dignity of service. Service is a big deal. <clears throat> and, you know, it doesn't have to be uptight or um, overly self-controlled and strict in, in our way of being with people in the uh, seeking to help, to be of help. But uh, as a teacher, as a healer, as a speaker, it's a big deal. Uh, incarnation is a big deal. Um, there's a dignity to self that uh, we often forget, uh, taking on worldly culture ways, cultural ways like others. And um, dignity and appreciation of um, honor, like Ra talked about, honor, duty. You know, the, the, as the propinquity to the light brings certain honor and duty, or is associated with certain honor, uh, to be to to find uh, a high te a high source of teaching, like like this teaching, uh, Astral City Book, and the raw material, or early Buddhism, or all sorts of others. You know that, that you know many, uh, propinquity to the light, is a certain honor to have even found. Uh, you know we have the right karma to have found excellent teaching. Then the great work is to live up to it, <laughs> to really. Um, to be committed to deeper, de ever deeper understanding, and yet without rigidity, without being um, dogmatic, judgmental, and moving out of um, basically blame, you know, overestimations. And so, the the person, the the Andre um, is not given the his comparable doctor's occupation yet because he hasn't yet um, reflected upon his, certain deficiencies of his attitude during his life. And so it's said he transformed advantages he obtained into means of bringing about premature death of his physical body, committed numerous abuses in the exercise of the profession, whatever that means. But he wasn't, like, hurting people, but he wasn't appreciating adequately, you know, what, the dignity of his position... Uh, and also the fact that it, that many things came to him easily, right? Lucrative positions already waiting for you. And um, particularly, he also didn't understand the deep spiritual basis uh, of the people he was helping and himself and the nature of the doctor's work, right? So the physical and the metaphysical being inseparable, uh, human illness being inseparably linked to distortions of mind-spirit or spiritual illness. What is spiritual illness, right? Forgetting the soul or um, forgetting um, life purpose or um, having excessively low standards for ourselves. And so um, he uh, didn't appreciate, you know, what? The sacred nature of the calling of a doctor. And so I think for all of us uh, trying to help others, um, there's the sacred nature of whatever role you may have, if you have a role, like a, a social position. But there's also the sacred nature of, of interaction and speech and the importance of not degrading ourselves um, by uh, minimizing, uh, by a minimized appreciation of the, the sacredness, the sanctity of, of communication. Just that, 
<laughs> you know, and so I've committed uh, many sins of cursing wildly, freely, and okay, you know, it feels good sometimes, but it's uh, beneath us. And so a lot of wanderers, or we often get stuck in attachments that are really below us, beneath us, if we're, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth density wanderers, or as higher self, you know, it's beneath higher self um, to be stuck in certain distortions. So uh, he didn't uh, appreciate, you know, what he really was was being doing, what, what he was doing. Uh, nevertheless, um, he, it said, uh, in 15 years of practice, 6,000 poor patients received free medical attendance from him. Uh, he went through those meritorious deeds quite heedlessly, meaning the merit, the merit of Dana, the Shila, you know, the, the um, uh, Dana, meaning generosity in Buddhism, is a big deal. It's the basis of service, you know. Service equals Dana, giving what? Giving material goods, giving time, giving attention, giving love, giving guidance, giving, giving um, our, our presence, um, you know, freely. Without, without regrets, without strings attached. Nevertheless, even if carelessly done, good deed attracts blessings to the one who carries it out. That's called good karma. And so um, he is benefited by his meritorious activity because of the imprints it leaves on those people who think of him and care and appreciate what he's doing. That comes back to him as a blessing not not god's blessing but the blessing of uh, those beings who love and have gratitude for him for his selfless or meritorious actions that's a principle that's a principle of, of karmic activity and that helps him uh, get himself into the occupation that he'll you know that he wants to get what you want it helps to um to truly serve and give uh to others and uh, we talked about this many times in terms of Gautama's description of how karma happens um, and how what the karmic roots of all sorts of good conditions are. They're generally associated with uh, the exercise of generosity in one way or another and the exercise of love wisdom. Then, we have four minutes, right, Brent? <laughs> um, actually, uh, three. Three, all right. Yeah. No problem. Um, then he meets his mother. And what you can see, I, you know, before he meets is the days immersed in contemplation. That contemplation equals healing at levels of mind-spirit, or particularly mind, of the distortions of the past incarnation that prepares him to get his anchored job or work in the astral city that is also preparation for his next incarnation and, and setting up the conditions, pre-programming the catalyst, uh, that contemplation is preparation and healing, is healing and preparation. Just like the initial healing is itself a, poor, a form of life review. So this contemplation is a life review that is also healing and preparation. And so the three um, are aspects of one process after death. So he finds his mother and um, first feels joy and deep love and that brings up uh, feelings that he had as a little boy, and that's a normal cathartic release of uh, deeply held feelings and thoughts that, that are triggered by the great heart chakra activation of meeting his, his mother, or any heart chakra activation, right? 
heart chakra heart chakra activation or love catalyzes catharsis love catalyzes catharsis as well as love catalyzing individuation right for second density creatures and for our own development love helps uh, mind <laughs> so then after that however uh, self-pity arises and he gets stuck in self-pity and <clears throat> You know, his old habit of making his mother the patient victim of endless grievances. This was one of his biggest problems, was self-pity. He really was a bit full of himself during life. And self-pity as narcissism, self-pity as conceit. Um, look how, how, you know, unfortunate I am. Can you see how they've done these things to me? And so he's complaining, and she tells him, you know, um, please don't complain. Um, look at all the good you've gotten. Look at all the benefits you have. And that's, in many ways, w the primary antidote or curative method of working with complaint and regret and remorse. While I think complaint and regret and remorse is fine, uh, getting stuck in them is a problem. Getting stuck in, getting stuck in distortion is the problem of distortion. <laughs> Arising distortion isn't the problem. Getting stuck is the problem. And one of the curative methods is, um, you know, to, like Ross said, internalize the polarity of your dimension. Uh, look at all the things in your life that are good. And then accept the fact, okay, you know, you don't have everything you want. And uh, you screwed up. <laughs> and you didn't, uh, you know, you, you had troubles before. Yeah, that's true. Now what? Are you going to stay with that forever? And then his mother gives the example that she wasn't a perfect mother. and But you know, she doesn't want to be stuck in that either. And so... <clears throat> um, that's just the way it goes, is that we all have a lot to learn. We all make mistakes and miss opportunities. We all make trouble and hurt others and hurt ourselves. And it's good to have regret and remorse and learn from it, and it's not good to get stuck. And um, when we truly resolve those processes, then we will come back to love and well-being um, and not have to apply any kind of you know, mental trick, like just think on this and get rid of that. Um, naturally will become unstuck or um, dis de detached from um, old patterns by by right thinking, actually, and right feeling. Okay, Brent? Okay, good. Okay, well, um, let's see. We'll move on now. We're going to... Um, Andre is still um, visiting with his mother. This is Chapter 16, A Confidential Talk on page 73. Um, and she has a lot to tell him about what's going on and where she's at. So here we go. At the, at the top of the page, my mother's words comforted and encouraged me considerably. She prescribed work as a lenitive to my suffering and tribulations, which she regarded as blessings and valuable lessons. An ineffable contentment unexpectedly filled my spirit. Oh, mother, I said, how wonderful the plane where you live must be. A higher sphere, my child, she said, always requires more work and greater devotion. You mustn't imagine that your mother spends her time in spiritual ecstasy, <laughs> exempt from all meritorious <clears throat> tasks. I don't mean to convey the least uh, shadow of sadness or discontent about the situation in which I find myself, but rather to reveal my new responsibility to you. Since I returned from Earth, I have been working incessantly for our spiritual regeneration. 
many entities on leaving their physical bodies remain bound to their earthly home, unable to break away from their loved ones. Here, however, I have learned that one who truly loves must work constantly in order to be able to serve. Therefore, since my arrival here, I have been trying hard to obtain the privilege of helping those we so dearly cherish. And my father, I asked, where is he? Why hasn't he come with you? My mother's face bore a strange expression as she replied, Alas, your father, for twelve years he has been caught in a dense section of the shadows of the lower zone. On earth he always gave us the impression of being faithful to family traditions and meticulous in the observance of the ethical code. <clears throat> Outwardly he seemed to possess a strong religious faith, but in reality he was weak and maintained clandestine liaisons outside of our home. Two of his connections were women who were mentally tied with a vast band of evil entities. When Laertes passed over, his stay in the lower zone became extremely painful. The unfortunate creatures to whom he had made vain promises were waiting eagerly to involve him in dark shrouds of illusion. He couldn't understand that the soul, after parting from its bodily form, will live the life of its essential nature without false appearances. Laertes, therefore, was unable to sense my spiritual presence or perceive the devoted assistance of some of our friends. Having spent so many years pretending, he had damaged his psychic vision and restricted his <clears throat> vibratory brain. Consequently, he found himself alone with those to whom he had thoughtlessly attuned his heart and mind. For some time, the family uh, principles and the pride of our name stirred in the depths of his spirit, and he tried to fight against temptation, but finally gave in and was once again attracted into the shadows through his lack of perseverance and of a righteous and proper mental attitude. Andre asked, but is there no means of snatching him away from such degradation? Uh, his mother says, I visit him frequently, but he doesn't even notice my presence. His vibratory potential is still too low. I do my best to attract him to the right path through inspiration, but the only result I have obtained so far is make him shed a few contrite tears from time to time without any serious resolutions. The wretched creatures who keep him prisoner intercept all my suggestions. I've been working intensely for many years and have enlisted the assistance of friends in five different colonies of spiritual activities, including the Astral City. Once, Clarence almost succeeded in, a, in attracting him to the Ministry of Regeneration, but failed in the end. One cannot light a lamp that has neither wick nor oil. To raise Laertes and strengthen his spiritual vision, we must count on his mental willingness. Meanwhile, the poor thing remains inactive within himself, divided between indifference and rebellion. She sighed and went on, Perhaps you don't know yet that your sisters, Clara and Priscilla, are still bound to the earth, living in the lower zones. My only direct help has been the affectionate cooperation of your sister, Louisa, who passed over when you were still a baby. She waited for me here for, here for many years and was my right hand in the strenuous tasks of assistance to our earthly family. She brought, fought bravely by my side on behalf of your father, your sisters, and yourself. Lately, however, the spiritual perturbation of our family members still on earth has been so great that she went back to earth in a sublime gesture of abnegation to reincarnate among them. 
I was staggered by the information about my father. I said, but Andre said, but you are doing everything in your power to help father in spite of his connections with those dis disreputable women. She said, no, son, you mustn't call them that. They are also children of our Almighty Father. Say they are our sisters who are unsound, ignorant, and unhappy. I'm not interceding on Laertes' behalf alone, but also for them, and I think I have found the means of attracting them all to my heart. I was filled with awe and surprise at such a great manifestation of self-denial. Then I remembered my own family and felt again the old yearnings for my dear wife and children. Couldn't you have been... Couldn't you have assisted Father so devoutly? Couldn't you, who have assisted Father so devoutly, give me some news of Zelia and my children? I'm, I'm certain they must miss me as much as I miss them. How my poor wife must be suffering from this separation. I go and see my grandchildren from time to time. They are well, she said, smiling sadly. Don't worry over the assistance to your family. Prepare yourself instead to successfully carry out your mission. Anxious as I was to gather any possible information, I tried to keep my mother on the subject, but she gently changed it. We talked for quite a long time. I was curious to know how she lived, so when she took her leave, I asked permission to accompany her. You mustn't come, my son. I am urgently expected at the transformation chambers in the Ministry of Communication where I shall be provided with a fluidical means for the return journey. Besides, I must go and thank Minister Celius for the opportunity of paying you this visit. She kissed me and departed, leaving a lasting sensation of happiness in my heart. Chapter 17, going on, Lysias' home, page 77. A few days after my mother's unexpected visit, I was summoned to Clarence's office. My friend, he said, am amicably... Uh, you are henceforth allowed to pay visits of observation to all sections of our activities except for the ministries of higher spirituality. You should now employ your time observing and learning. I was simply overjoyed. It was the beginning of a new life. As your stay in the hospital park is no longer necessary, I will study the question of your transfer to new lodgings. If possible, Lysias interrupted eagerly, I should very much like to have him to share our home during this period of observation. My mother would welcome him as another son. Very well, Lysias. Jesus rejoices with us whenever we open our hearts to a new friend. Keep this document, Clarence continued. It will serve as a permit to admittance to the ministries of regeneration. Assistance communication, and elucidation for the period of one year. After that, we shall see what else can be done. I left the minister's office elated. After a few minutes' walk, we arrived at a graceful cottage surrounded by a colorful garden. He rang a small bell, adding, This is our home within the astral city. A soft ringing was heard inside the house, and pleasant, a pleasant lady opened the door. Mother, Lysias called out, introducing me. Here is the brother that I promised you. Welcome, my friend, she exclaimed hospitably. Please consider this house your home. I understand that your mother doesn't live here, therefore you will have in me a sister involved in maternal duties. We walked in. Everything was simple and comfortable. There were pictures of deep spiritual significance, an unusually large piano, and resting on it a harp of delicate design. As you know, you were not met by harpist angels when you left Earth. Instead, the heart before you awaits our own abilities. Now, Lysias stopped joking. His mother interrupted affectionately. 
I only meant to say, uh, Lysias says, I only meant to say that harpists really exist, but in order to hear them, we must develop our sense of spiritual hearing by striving for the knowledge of divine things. Later on, after giving some introductory information about myself, I learned that his mother's name was Laura, and that his two sisters, Yolanda and Judith, lived with him as well. I was delighted at my first experience of domesticity in the colony. My kind hostess showed me some wonderful books. As for literature, we have an enormous advantage here in the Astral City. All insidious writers, those who use their art to instill psychological poison, <laughs> go straight to the lower zones. And as long as they persist in such a state, they cannot stay here, not even in the Ministry of Regeneration. I marveled at the beautiful specimens of photographic art in the books she showed me. Afterwards, Lysias took me around the house, calling my attention to the bathing chamber, which was filled with interesting fixtures. Everything was so simple, yet comfortable. Laura summoned us to prayer. We sat in silence around a big table as she switched on a large screen. I heard soft music. It was the evening service. A deep and mysterious happiness filled me as the blue heart appeared in the background, and my soul was filled with joy and gratefulness. There. Okay, Scott, comments? Yes. How much time do I have, sir? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. All right. Um, yeah, I understand also the point um, some of us have that uh, this is being rushed, um, but Brent and I decided that we really need 12 classes rather than 1,200 classes or 24 classes, meaning 12 weeks <laughs> or three months rather than six months or a year, um, which this book could certainly provide um, in terms of uh, how many talks we could give on the book. So our first goal here, just so for the, anybody who might feel we're a little rushed, which it is a little bit, uh, is it, this is an introduction. And, um, you know, the real work is for each person who cares more uh, to read the book <laughs> and think for yourself. And we'll also have a few classes after the 12 uh, in which Brent and I will discuss essential principles. So fear not or uh, complain not. Even if you're not complaining, that's good. Um, we're just going to hit the highlights in 12 weeks as we're doing and um, give you um, material for further reflection. Now, these two chapters, 16 and 17, are actually quite deep as usual. And um, what we see, first of all, is uh, his mother's uh, condition uh, in terms of what she's doing on an upper astral plane. Um, the statement, you mustn't imagine your mother spends her time in spiritual ecstasy as exempt from meritorious tasks, means exempt from work. And so that'll be one of the themes that we're going to um, review in the, in the addendum to Nosolar classes, is the linkage between work and merit and soul evolution. Uh, and um, no, angels are not strumming on harps. Um, no, the afterlife, even for the virtuous uh, or the highly developed, is, is not uh, a static um, kickback enjoyment phase, but work. However, as one continues, the nature of the work refines, and the pleasure and fulfillment, the pleasure and, and satisfaction of the fulfillment of the work increases too. 
meaning it's more naturally enjoyable um, to work, or what's called work and considered metaphysical working, service and learning and practice, you know, meditations and prayer, uh, learning, study, development of, of mind and view, and service and working with others in various ways becomes more pleasurable and um, effortless in a sense. So the, the, the harsh quality of work decreases as, um, you know, seven chakras are developed. And so first, the first work she's doing is, a su is, is helping others in a greater way, particularly helping those uh, like her husband who's in the lower plane or lower zone and daughters. And um, the uh, phrase of entities leaving their physical bodies remain bound to their earthly home, unable to break away from loved ones, that is called preta, peta, hungry ghost phase. The lower zones are called the hell realms. The cold and hot nirayas are like uh, the different levels uh, of these uh, hell realms or lower astral realms, uh, which precede an entity going to the Ministry of Regeneration or uh, first level healing, first ministry in the astral city. Uh, she's helping hungry ghosts. <laughs> she's helping those that are called earthbound spirits. The father, however, is at a lower level, uh, and this is some pretty um, bitter, yes, bitter truth here. While he appeared to be faithful and ethical, uh, he had, like his son, André Louis, um, a second life, and that's not unusual. Um, we have, you know, that which uh, we share with others and that which we keep private, and some of that may be um, distortion. At clandestine liaisons outside the home, two of the connections were women mentally tied with a vast band of evil entities. Be careful. Um, relationship is dangerous, uh, potentially, if we get um, closely bound with those who themselves are closely bound with negative entities. After death, that kicks in. And so, be careful <laughs> who you get close to. Um... Now, he had made promises, and so making promise to the wrong person is dangerous. Um, the result of that was not only that he's been trapped by them and sort of held prisoner in a lower zone, but that his own spiritual perception or psychic vision has been damaged, restricted his range of vibratory um, frequencies or his vibratory range, his perception, his ability to even see help available. Uh, and that's a very big deal. And so uh, there was a mention of insidious writers, writer, writing, insidious creators, creator people who create or write or speak with the intention of manipulating, exploiting, harming, taking advantage, using people, or spreading false material. Uh, deliberate falsehood in communication. Uh, immediately, they can't even go to the re regeneration. They're way down. They're way stuck. Even more stuck than the father. And so uh, you will. we hurt ourselves by harming others and by um, mistaken association with those who may, may themselves not be so bad, but they're tied to negatives uh, of more potency. 
and so very serious matter here so uh, he has been sort of kept prisoner the father his suggest the suggestions and inspiration from his wife or Lisa, uh, dr. Louis's mother are intercepted uh, she's enlisted help from other beings um, but they can't do very much because he's, uh, his perception has been damaged by himself. One cannot light a lamp that has neither wick nor oil. Um, the wick can be seen as the capacity of mind to sustain a flame. And the oil is that which sustains the structure of mind that sustains the oil, uh, sustains the flame. So the basis is oil and the conduit is the wick. The, the wick holds the flame, the oil supports the wick. Um, symbolically, I think, um, the desire for truth and goodness, the desire to evolve, um, is the oil. And the wick is the, the capacity of, um, the sensitivity of mind to higher frequency. And so, people, when we can't discern what's really important and what's not so important, what's really a high, fine, excellent teaching and what's not, what's really a high, fine, excellent way of living and what's not, it's some damage in psychic vision or spiritual perception. And that's coming out of uh, deficient oil, which really I think would, could, be, could mean, there are many interpretations, the strength of the will to seek the light. The strength of the will to seek the light is proportional to the light, said Ra. And so the, the, the quality of the flame is dependent on its, its, uh, the capacity of the mind to discern what is essential and what's not. And that comes out of, to a large extent, the strength of the desire for self-improvement. And so regret and remorse is fine if it leads to self-improvement. If, if we get stuck in self-pity, it doesn't help. But if we... Um, uh, fall into ways that are self-harming, whether we know it or not, uh, our ability to help ourselves is compromised. And we can see that to some degree with Earth Humanity or 3D repeaters in general. So, then, uh, the father is having a hard time, the sisters are having a hard time, um, Andre's mother, even though she's in a more blissful realm, probably, you know, 3.6 or something, 3.56, um, has a lot of work to do. And if she's a wanderer or not, who knows? Um, but um, third density, upper astral, is still very much tied to 3D space-time, even in the ways of service or the direction of blessing. So, then, um, we see Andre going into the home, welcome to Lysias's home, and basically being given uh, a free pass to the four lower ministries, regeneration, assistance, communication, elucidation, which, um, you know, follow that progression. And that's one of the topics we'll talk about also, is the correlation of the six ministries with the seven chakras and, and a progression of development um, from 3D space-time healing to life review and mind healing, to um, settle, getting settled in the astral city, which is itself deeper healing and preparation, 
and then the two higher ministries to which he doesn't have that pass being uh, elevation and divine union very much associated with spirit complex or the the integration of spirit with mind body and he again is being told don't waste your time <laughs> and so that's another teaching like you know don't waste our time down here uh, finally uh, he's settling into this home and um, that was the final point on page 79 that I think is a warning <laughs> a warning um, all insidious meaning deceitful and harmful mm, manipulative uh, those that seek to compromise and abuse others those writers um, who instill you know use their art to instill poison go straight to the lower zones and for as long as they remain that way ideologically committed to manipulation like supremacists of various stripe uh, and elitists of various stripe uh, for as long as they remain that way they can't even get to regeneration and so that's a warning <laughs> to the diehard uh, materialist nihilists who delight in spreading nihilistic materialism or materialist nihilism <clears throat> uh, and uh, have some mental ability and so they're high level but they're obviously not you know on the negative path or um, they're not polarizing on the negative path by that <laughs> so uh, karmic law is quite exacting uh, Brent okay um, okay carrying on um, we'll wrap up um, the last two chapters chapter 18 and chapter 19 um, chapter 18 the love the food of souls is on page 81 uh, we'll start at the top um, and this one there's quite a bit in this chapter that I'm actually going to read because there's an awful lot to share and um, I think it's just important enough to at least share and get it out um, for everybody uh, from the top as soon as the prayer was over Laura invited me to the evening meal which consisted of invigorating broth and fragrant fruits which tasted more like a delicious blend of concentrated fluids. Our meals here are more agreeable than they were on Earth. We have some districts which dispense with them altogether, but in the zone of the Ministry of Assistance, we can't do so. Here, the heavy tasks we perform consume a great deal of our energy. Hence, we are obligated to be continually making provisions of energy. That doesn't mean that we who work at the Ministries of Assistance and Regeneration are the only ones who depend on food. The other ministries, including Divine Union, don't dispense with it. The only difference in the food is the nature of its substance. In communication and elucidation, fruit is widely used, while in elevation, juices and concentrated fluids are more common. As for the Ministry of Divine Union, the process of nutrition goes beyond the imagination. Eager for immediate explanations, uh, Laura shifted or satisfied my curiosity. You may not be aware, my friend, that love is the major sustaining element for all creatures. From time to time, large delegations of instructors come to visit our city in order to convey the principles of spiritual nutrition. Love is the fundamental basis of all systems of nourishment in the different spheres of life. Love and only love is the source of sustenance for the soul. 
the more we ascend along the evolutionary plan of creation, the more thoroughly we understand that great truth. Don't you think that divine love is the mainspring of the universe? God's infinite love is the center of equilibrium of all creation. The more evolved the created beings, the subtler their process of nutrition. The worm in the ground feeds mainly on earth. Larger animals find the necessary elements for nourishment in plants. Man gathers the fruits of these plants according to his taste. We, who are already free of our physical bodies, need fluidical, juicy substances. The process becomes even more delicate as we advance in our ascent. And we mustn't forget the question of vehicles, Laura added, for after all, worms, animals, man, and ourselves depend exclusively on love. We all move about in it, and no existence would be possible without it. Don't you remember the gospel lesson, lesson which says, love one another? When Jesus taught that principle, he didn't refer only to charity in its strictest sense, for we shall all have to learn sooner or later that the practice of good is simply a duty. He meant us to understand his words in a broader sense. Sustain one another through brotherly love and sympathy. Sometime in the future, man on earth will discover that friendly words, mutual kindness and trust, understanding and fraternal interest, uh, all fruits of deep love, are stimulating nourishment to life itself. When on earth, burdened by a physical body, we are under great limitation. But on returning here, we realize that lasting and harmonious happiness is a question of purely spiritual sustenance. Homes, villages, towns, and nations are formed in obedience to such principles. Instinctively, I remembered the sex theories so widespread in the physical world, but Laura, recognizing my thoughts, remarked, You mustn't imagine that this is merely a sexual phenomenon. Sex is a sacred manifestation of universal and divine love, but it is only one of the many expressions of its infinite potential. With the more spiritualized couples, tenderness and trust, mutual devotion and understanding count far more than physical union, which is reduced to merely a transitory activity between them. It is magnetic exchange that establishes the necessary rhythm for the manifestation of harmony. The mere presence of the loved one, and sometimes a simple understanding, is sufficient to nourish a feeling of joy. Judith added, We learn here in the astral city that love is the hub of life on earth, yet most people never realize that important truth. Twin souls, kindred souls, and sympathetic souls form numerous pairs and groups. By gathering together and assisting one another, they, su they succeed in advancing along the road to redemption. As you see, my friend, remarked Lysias, man shall not live by bread alone. At that point, the conversation was interrupted by the ringing of a bell. Lysias got up to answer the door. Two courteous young men came into the room. And they go on to discuss um, that um, there is a music park. They set out, uh, they, Laura... Uh, insists that Lysias set out with his friends in a planned excursion to a musical park. Our brother Andre will stay with me until he can accompany you on these excursions. And that's the end of chapter 18. Moving on to chapter 19, uh, the newcomer... Yeah, a little break in your sound there. Oh, sorry? No, no, no. Um, okay. Yeah, your sound um, cut out. So just, you can say that again. 
Uh, okay. Um, chapter 19, The Newcomer. Um, Andre is talking with Laura about uh, her granddaughter, who has just recently arrived uh, from Earth and um, has been allowed to stay with them. Andre says, doesn't your granddaughter come for meals? Laura says, for the present, she takes her meals alone. The poor thing is still nervous and run down, and no one in that condition is supposed to partake of collective meals. Neurasthenia and anxiety emit dense, poisonous fluids, which blend immediately with the food. My granddaughter spent a fortnight in the lower zones, in heavy slumber, closely assisted by us. She should have been lodged in a hospital pavilion when she came here, but it was decided that she would be placed under my direct care instead. I told Laura that I would be glad to visit the newcomer, and she willingly agreed. She led me to a spacious and comfortable room where a pale girl was lying in an easy chair. She was extremely surprised to see me as she looked up. Heliosa, Laura said, introducing me, here is a friend who has arrived from Earth a short time ago. The young lady gazed at me curiously, and her tired, deeply shadowed eyes reflected her effort to concentrate. She greeted me with a wan smile as I introduced myself. I asked if she was tired, but before she could answer, her grandmother, anxious to spare her any strain, explained, Heliosa has been restless and worried, and her fear is justified to a certain degree. Tuberculosis, which put an end to her earthly days after long suffering, has left deep traces on her astral body. Uh, she then covered her face with a handkerchief and began to sob. Poor little thing, said the kindly grandmother. You simply cannot control yourself. These impressions are due to a deficient religious education. That's all. You know that your mother won't be long in coming and that you cannot count on your fiancé's fidelity. He is still very far from possessing that sublime spirit of illuminated love. He is sure to marry someone else, and it is better that you become accustomed to this idea. It wouldn't be fair to insist on his coming here prematurely. Suppose he did come, forcing the law. Wouldn't your suffering be greater? Wouldn't you have to pay a heavy price for any share you might have had in bringing about his passing? If you really love the boy, you mustn't try to adopt a harmonious attitude um, to be able to help him later. Besides, your mother will soon be here. The girl's um, tears filled me with pity. I tried to draw her attention. Where do you come from, I asked. From Rio de Janeiro, she replied. You shouldn't cry so, I advised. You don't know how lucky you have been. You passed over only a few days ago and are already with your family. The girl seemed a little better and said, You can't imagine how much I've suffered eight months struggling with tuberculosis in spite of all the treatments, the sorrow of having infected my devoted mother, all that my poor fiancé went through on my account. It's really indescribable. Now, dear, Laura said, on earth we always seem to labor under the illusion that no suffering is greater than our own. But grandmother... Arnold, that's her fiancé, was so heartbroken and desperate, she answered. It's all so hard to understand. Do you really believe in your impressions? I observed your ex-fiancé several times during your infirmity. It was only natural that he should be so deeply affected at seeing the ruin of your physical body. He can't understand pure sentiment and will soon get over his sorrow. Remember, 
illuminated love is still above most creatures. No doubt you will be able to help him, but his being faithful to your memory is out of the question. You will find him married to somebody else. I noted Heliosa's painful surprise. The poor girl did not know what attitude to adopt before her grandmother's serenity and common sense. Could that be possible, she blurted out. Now, child, you mustn't be obstinate or try to contradict me. Do you remember Maria Deleuze, the college friend who brought you flowers every Sunday? Well, when the doctor de declared confidentially that your physical cure could not be expected, Arnold, though deeply grieved, began to involve her in different mental vibrations. <laughs> and now that you are here, they won't take long before coming to an agreement. Why awful, Laura said. You must become accustomed to considering other people's needs. Your ex-fiancé is an ordinary man, still unable to appreciate the sublime beauty of spiritual love. However great your love may be, you can't work miracles in him. Every creature holds the exclusive privilege of discovering his own self. Arnold will one day know the beauty of your idealism, but for the present he must be left to live through these necessary experiences. I simply can't get over it. Maria de Louise, whom I always considered my most faithful friend. Laura said, won't it be better to entrust him to a friend? Maria de Luz will always be your spiritual friend. Heliosa started sobbing again. I felt greatly puzzled. I know the cause of your tears, little one. They are the result of centuries of selfishness and undying vanity. But remember that Grandma's words aren't meant to hurt you but to open your eyes. While Heliosa continued weeping, Laura invited me to go back to the living room, remarking that the patient needed her rest. Uh, Laura said, My granddaughter arrived here extremely tired. She let her heart get entangled in the web of self-esteem. In fact, she should have been sent to one of our hospitals, but assistant uh, Coercio thought that the home atmosphere and our loving care would be advisable in her case. I must say I was pleased at his decision, and my dear Theresa, her mother, will soon be here. A little patience, and everything will come out right. It's just a question of time and serenity. End of chapter 19. Scott? Yeah. Um, with the passage of time and serenity or a peaceful mind... Um, we can appreciate that all souls evolve and all distortions get resolved and healing happens and evolution occurs and um, darkness is replaced by light and um, we continue on the course as all souls do. And so that attitude is good for wanderers looking at um, human civilization with its uh, continue, you know, current uh, degeneration morally, intellectually and um, yet <clears throat> like I say um, give them another 10 cycles of 75,000 years and um, many of them will be harvesting to 4D positive for sure <laughs> so if you can wait 750,000 years or take it easy keep the big view, it's very helpful so here first we see um, love as the food of souls a simple way to understand that is that um, the nature of light is the action of free will upon love, like Ra said. So the nature of all energy is light, and that's intelligent energy, and intelligent energy is love-light, and 
that love light or light is generated by the action of free will, first principle, first law on love, the law of love, second principle. So infinite love acts upon infinite, infinite will acts upon infinite love, generates infinite light, which is intelligent energy, which is the source of the seven rays, which is the seven, the basis of octaves, and that intelligent energy, um, its nature is love. That's why they call it love light, or light love. And so God is love, um, not only, but creation, the nature of creation is um, born of love, or the nature of creation is love because you know, the, the substance of creation is light, or energy, that comes out to seven frequencies, seven dimensionally, seven chakras, seven rays. Its nature is love, born by the action of um, infinite free will um, from the Creator, uh, that let there be light, um, that came out of infinite will acting on infinite love. And down here on the ground, it's the importance of fourth chakra. And so Ra said, the purpose of third density is to learn the ways of love. A whole lot easier said than done. <laughs> and so the high standards here, uh, this, this, what I see again and again and again, uh, in every single discourse, in every single interaction, highest standards, or at least the highest standards they can develop, which um, is um, a lesson or ideal for all of us here in 3D space-time, uh, is to um, know and express the ways of love. And that's what it's all about. And so, um, as beings evolve, um, the nutrition taken by their forms, or, or so-called bodies, um, refines from uh, apparently solid to further ethereal. And um, that was part of the issue um, of that revolt, you know, the revolt pre prior in the Astral City. Um, the desire, particularly for um, earthly resonant foodstuffs, was associated with attachment to 3D space-time physicality, and um, rejection of the principle that evolution uh, proceeds by increasing, increasingly fine awareness and um, and self-nourishment, self-nourishment. Uh, not only of the body, but of mind-spirit, or of one's being, uh, being increasingly refined as, as we go along the path. And if we don't, if we reject higher uh, nourishment, we're rejecting evolution. <laughs> and um, that's what we see with the high standards. The, these high moral intellectual standards in every discourse, in every interaction, um, is a matter of our uh, of teaching, uh, teach learning, the ways of increasingly uh, fine and essential self nourishment. You know, moral, more high, right? Green, blue. That's all we're talking about. Love, wisdom, development, as <clears throat> progressive learning uh, to appreciate the greater happiness and power and well-being of increasingly fine self-nourishment. Self-nourish with green, blue, indigo, rather than red, orange, yellow. Very subtle, actually. And so, 
love and only love is the source of sustenance for the soul. And then it says, you know, the more we ascend along the evolutionary path of creation, the more thoroughly we understand that great truth, that uh, we're, we're nourished by love. And green-blue is love. Blue indigo, while not green ray, uh, is very resonant with uh, universal love, obviously. And um, uh, that's, that's known increasingly as we go on. And so down here on the ground, um, we talk about green ray, but the nature uh, of uh, dimensionality, its nature is love, as love is the nature of light. As to sexuality, um, yes, um, it's a, it can be a manifestation of universal divine love, but one of many expressions, just like Ra talked about six-density union as uh, joy and delight in each other's beingness, uh, here the mere presence of a loved one uh, may be sufficient to nourish a feeling of joy or to, to facilitate may be met with joy one may feel joy at the mere presence of uh, of a loved one and particularly a perfectly metaphysically compatible uh, soulmate partner uh, and this is a key phrase it's the magnetic exchange which it can all be, be called a higher a spiritual transfer right green ray blue ray indigo ray transfer that is um, ongoing whether there's physical union or not I would say that's the magnetic exchange that establishes the necessary rhythm for manifestation of harmony, meaning one, the, the basis of harmony, feeling well, well as is, feeling fine as is, um, that's established in partnership by higher chakra transfers. And that higher chakra transfer doesn't require physical union, obviously, but you know, we all, the physical union has certain pleasure and um, may catalyze an appreciation of higher union too, or <laughs> be used to avoid and uh, cover over and remain blind to the nature of higher union. So, you know, physical sensuality isn't the problem, I think. The question is, to what degree does it partake of green, blue, indigo? To what extent have we, are we spiritual, have we spiritualized our embodiment or our sensuality? Then um, we, we go to um, dynamics in the home of Lysias and Laura's granddaughter, and <clears throat> we see that she died of TB, and it left deep traces on her astral body. Those deep traces were made by her, not by TB. And so there's a, the comment of centuries of selfishness and vanity. And so centuries of selfishness and undying vanity is the re the reason why the TB quote left deep deep scars on the astral body and um, they're self-scarred it's a self-harming <laughs> it's not the disease that did it it's her interpretation of its significance and so phenomena isn't the problem or catalyst isn't the problem it's problematic experience fashioned or interpretations of the catalyst that's the problem, always. You know, mind is its own worst enemy, always. Uh, most trouble that we experience is mind-born. Um, and so the saying, you know, you want to change your life, change your mind. Change your mind, and then you'll change your perspective. And 
you know, it's possible to love those who don't love us. <laughs> it's possible to give when someone can't give back. It's possible to be well alone. It's possible to be well um, rejected <laughs> by those we felt we needed to accept us, to not be accepted. It's well to be, you know, um, doing our thing while watching many other people drown if we are indeed unable to help them or work with them or they reject us. They reject us, we watch them drown. Metaphysically, not physically. Physically you can jump in, but metaphysically. Um, and it's okay to move out, you know, we can move out of self-pity. We can move out of a sense of injustice. And so she had this profound sense of uh, injustice that her fiancé was, was getting it on with her friend. And her friend was a real friend. She wasn't a, a bad woman, the woman who, who brought flowers. And, and the boyfriend couldn't appreciate perfect love with, with um, the girl. Um, Arnold was heartbroken, desperate, um, and he couldn't appreciate illuminated love. Um, but yeah, it's a little hard to appreciate illuminated love if your girlfriend has centuries of vanity and selfishness. But it's possible. <laughs> one can have illuminated perfect love and loyalty to somebody who has centuries of selfishness and vanity and therefore continuing to be somewhat selfish and vain yeah uh, it's still possible is it wise <laughs> that's another matter is it wise to remain loyal to someone who's selfish and vain and perhaps abusive uh, probably not so love and wisdom there give a little bit different guidance so again <laughs> You see, um, the problem, you, you, you can't take your, your body and your wealth with you, but you definitely take your mind with you. And so she took her mind with her. Everybody here has taken their mind and their tendencies and their character with them into the astral plane with astral bodies. Some uh, are really stuck and in, in deep suffering on the, on the lower zones, the Nuriyas. Some are still earthbound like the daughters and um, some have gotten themselves to the astral city which is safe but they can't stay there forever they're going to have to die to the astral to be reborn to the physical and so you know the wages of sin is death said the New Testament supposedly um, uh, 3D recycling is repeated death death out of the physical death from the astral death to be reborn to the physical, death out of the physical to go to the astral, but you can't stay. you got to come back. And um, it's a real travail. <laughs> and so um, in Buddhism, uh, satipana means the end of, um, ultimately the end of samsara, uh, all seven-dimensional cycling, comparable in a sense, although I think at a higher level of the octave, a higher turn of the spiral in development or transformation, comparable to um, harvestability, which is a freedom from death. And Yeshua talked about that for sure. The needed moral qualities, moral spiritual development, so that one doesn't have to continue with this tiresome, painful uh, cycling between 3D space-time and 3D time-space. Even though the astral city is so beautiful, they can't stay. And at a certain point, I would think that even you know, the governor um, will say enough's enough and move out and probably go off to sixth density or whatever. Uh, 
So, um, this is a pretty big view and um, worth a lot of contemplation. So, that's all my, I'd like to say. Any final comments, Brent, or questions? No, basically, um, there's some interesting things. I think one of the interesting topics will be, um, after we do the commentary classes afterwards, is um, will have to do with, um, they allude to different laws. For example, um, the granddaughter alluding to the fact that she really misses Arnold, and the grandmother, Laura, saying that... Um, um, if you know about her wishing that he would be with her and possibly come over prematurely, and she mentions something about forcing the law, which I thought was very interesting. That was on page eighty-six in the middle, um, and so it, it it brings up a subject where okay, she's over there and she's missing him greatly, but there's a chance of uh, her through her thoughts and desires forcing the law to him be with her there and suffering that would uh, the, the suffering and quote paying a heavy price uh, in bringing about his passing prematurely so I think that's an interesting subject to talk about too right but that's for a later time and next time we'll carry on with class six and uh, move on through um, chapter 20 uh, or start with chapter 20 and um, that's pretty much it for now, and I hope everybody's uh, enjoying the enjoying the the uh, the book so far. Yes, and thank you very much. So next up, Brent, we have chapters twenty through twenty-six, right? Well, yes. Although I only said starting at chapter twenty because I'm looking at the scheduled uh, classes ahead of that, and I realize that, that uh, class six would involve seven chapters. And on down the line, I have some that are just four chapters, so I'm going to see if there's any type of modification, or if I did that intentionally and that we can realistically jump through seven chapters because it deals with his social life and learning from the different right. ministries. But uh, right. so I may I I reserve the right to modify that. <laughs> All right, here. before next class, it may be modified by one chapter, but we'll see. Yeah, and again. Um you know, we recognize that this is a fast pace presentation. Um, and it was just simply our desire, you know, <laughs> to have 12 classes rather than 24 classes or 16 or something. Yes. And we thought that 12 would be enough, and now we're seeing that uh, we could double it. But I'm not sure we want to do that. But, you know, we're, we are hitting a lot of high points. This is not to be listened. If you care about these topics, you got to listen twice and three times. <laughs> That's the way it goes, right? I mean, how many times? How many times does it take to listen to, to understand the raw material? You got to read it three, four, five times. Yeah, okay. So that's normal. And um, this, you know, learning is self-learning, and transformation is self-transformation, not done by us, but by each for each. And. Um, this is a first pass, um, and if anybody takes the book and reads it, you'll get much, much more than we can present in 12 classes or 15. Uh, but I think, you know, that's just what we're doing here. And um, if you care, uh, listen twice or three times to each or whatever, if you want, um, then it won't seem as fast. The first time around, it does seem fast, but I have this experience when I listen to talks a second and third time, you know, the mind has um, been, uh, is able to synchronize with the speed of the presentation. Um, but 
um, nothing is uh, just as we want, and yet uh, there's lots of well-digested spiritual nourishment here uh, available for people to take and uh, self-nourish. So, anything else, Brent? <clears throat> no, that's it. Thank, thank you very much, and uh, thanks everybody out there for um, attending another class, listening to another class. Okay, so we'll yeah. see you next week, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we see anybody. I just look out my window, I see some trees. But, <laughs> but anyway, well, thank you, Brent, and thanks, people, for being here. Um, take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.